Hello, and welcome to the Food Together podcast. In this podcast, we dive into the Food Together project, a European project which aimed to answer one important question. What role does food play in creating public spaces and opportunities for people to meet and live together? Six universities from six different countries conducted separate but related research and projects to explore food spaces in the context of migration. In each episode, we'll look at an example from each country as we learn more about food in a changing Europe. We'll see the connection between the academic world and civil society, and how one project worked to give a voice to knowledge exchange. On today's show, we hear from the research team and social entrepreneurs based in Norway. The Norwegian research team joined forces with a local social entrepreneur called Compass & Co. to conduct workshops and a surplus table together with a group of students at a school in Oslo. Here's their story. So my name is Clara Julierreich. I am a PhD candidate at Consumption Research Norway at Oslo Matt, and my PhD is on young people's belonging on social media. Clara will give us the researcher's perspective, while Katarina is the social entrepreneur. Yes, so my name is Katarina Eriksson. I've been, uh, I'm a social entrepreneur by heart. So I'm involved in different social enterprises in Norway. And one of them is Kompassmat, which was a part of this project. So what exactly is Compass & Co? Here's Katarina. Compass is uh, Compass Food, let's say, uh, in, in English. It's a social enterprise that has been working for almost 10 years connecting youth that has fallen out of school, the school system for some reason, back into the school system uh, or workforce by using food as the enabler. And then we use surplus food. So we try to have from the really first beginning because of the economy to, to get the project to run more smoothly. We got a lot of surplus food to, to use in our projects. So that's why it, it started because we had a lot of other economy uh, posts, let's say, in the budget to follow up the youth that needed special care or special attention. So that was a way for us to save. But also then we found that this was very interesting because it gave them skills that no one else had uh, before so that they actually, let's say, um, increased their competence in a field that no one else necessarily had competence. So actually they were then in an advantaged state to get trained into this field of surplus, how to handle surplus food and what surplus food can be used to bring forward. Compass & Co. decided to save money by using surplus or leftover or extra food. But it opened up a new opportunity for the youth they were working with. So what does the youth learn when they come to Compass & Co.? Well, the youth comes to us and uh, either on workshops and they get to learn easy recipes, how to use surplus food or the rest that they have in the fridge for their own sake, uh, in their own home, or as a workshop to cater for others, how to make like the surplus table, how to make a big meal, let's say, for other co uh, people in the community. So they learn how to handle the food, how to make it last longer if they need to can it or what they can can eat and what they maybe need to cut away so that it could be eaten. So really, I guess they learn how to uh, see the value in what is discarded normally. You might be wondering what surplus food is. 
Is it even safe? Katarina explains more. Yes, I guess it has to be, of course, in no health risk contained food or anything, but it is food that people in the local area doesn't need or the producers or uh, different partners. They have leftover, let's say, groceries, but also leftover from their own produce so that we can use them in our products. So we've been both doing catering, but we've also been running canteens with this as a main ingredient. So Compass & Co. wanted to bring their work to a school. They established a relationship with a school in Oslo, with students in grade 10. They're about 16 years old. It was part of their class about food and health. Compass & Co. also joined forces together with the researchers from Oslo Met to run workshops about surplus food, culminating in a surplus table. So the surplus table was part of the Norwegian pilot in the Food Together project. And it was inspired by a surplus table, which kind of emerged as a concept or like event activity in Oslo. And my colleagues Gunn Roos and Virginie Amelia got really inspired by the concept. And then they reached out to Compass and Co. And then together they thought about how could we like use this in Oslo. And then they figured out that Compass and Co. already had established a collaboration with a middle school in Sagne, which is a part of the town, where it's really like diverse population and kids from living in smaller apartments, but also like middle class kids. And my colleagues really liked the idea of working with an established actor. So the project would sort of build on established relationships and also kind of be could be like brought on further and not just stop after being done and they kind of be a long-term perspective of that and then uh, we reached out to the school through compass and co and had a bunch of meetings and came to the conclusion that it would be really nice to have a more educational program around the surplus table so we had like a bunch of workshops and then we prepared the students to the um, surplus table the work done at the school was twofold. They started with a series of workshops together with the students to teach them about food, but also about research and conducting interviews. Here's Clara. Um, so Virginie and Gunn invited a bunch of people to the school. We had like a storyteller who worked creatively with storytelling and food. And another researcher was invited and I was invited and I taught the kids how to conduct interviews. So best practice of just ask one question at a time. And then it was really about the young people developing interview questions because they went and interviewed a representative of Martentron, which is like a food bank in Norway. And then they practiced and pilot and evaluated their questions. And then in a big group kind of decided which questions they really wanted to ask. And then that they ended up in a different session together with Compass and Co. They went with some students and interviewed the representative. And she was really amazed how reflected the youth were and what kind of like interesting questions they asked. And that was kind of our idea that they learned the skills they need for interviewing, but also learn about food systems and waste and surplus food and what's out there in case of trying to tackle the problem, not just representing. Like we wanted the young people to show that there's not only a problem, but their approaches and people working on solving it, which I think is really important when we think about sustainable futures and not just creating 
fear about climate change, but also showing ways of tackling it by collaborating and co-creating. There were also workshops conducted after school by Compass & Co. Students had to volunteer their time to participate in the extra workshops. They worked on editing videos and also things like preparing food. The collaboration between Compass & Co. and OsloMet culminated in one big surplus table, a kind of end feast made from surplus food. In the days ahead of time, the students collected the food. Here's Clara to explain more. Then on the day itself, they just kind of made sure they had everything. And uh, Nick and Compass and Co, they went to uh, the food bank and got a lot of surplus food in addition. And they created a long banquet, which was packed full with vegetables and fruit and the mushrooms were arranged and the green kale and also like a giant wheel of cheese and loaves of bread and also Christmas and soda, which the teenagers really loved so much <laughs> and then the, the young people arranged little sitting groups and then they decorated the tables with surplus tomatoes and sprouts and created little smileys and heart-shaped forms on the table and then uh, a couple of parents arrived and that day at five o'clock and the students just kept coming and then uh, they carried down all the dishes they had prepared. And it was like uh, different kinds of stews and homemade focaccia and rice and salad. And they prepared different cakes like apple cake and cream with it and waffles. And they really had like created this little sign saying what is halal and what is like vegan and what kind of foods were gluten free being like really considerate to make sure everybody had food that they would be able to eat and enjoy. And then we started off by welcoming everyone and showing the video they had um, created. And everyone was so proud to kind of see the end results of the illustrations they had made and the questions they had developed. And then uh, we all enjoyed the food and it was really chatty and so much laughter and it was a little bit sunny, so it was really cozy. And we, uh, we got the chance to talk to one of the mothers and she said it was so important and so lovely to see the kids because during the COVID pandemic, most of them just stayed home or like had meetings or some of the students were only able to meet their closest friends due to the restrictions and also because some of the kids only have small homes and can't have a lot of people over. So it was really special for them to have this space to just chat and relax and hang out and be together and share food together and really be proud of what they had accomplished and what they had learned and created and cooked. So it was a really beautiful experience for them. And then at the end, the kids who had engaged in the workshops outside of school time, they were applauded and got little gift cards as a thank you for putting extra effort and making it possible. Yeah, we thank the school because they've been really great in giving us like the trust in doing such a project. And then everyone was invited to take the leftover food and this large and cat just vanished within a couple of minutes and everyone was so excited taking home food home. Hopefully your mouth is now watering from Clara's description of the surplus table. Surplus food is an important concept in food together, but what does it exactly mean? 
So a surplus table is about gathering people around a shared meal that is sourced on like surplus food. Um, and that could be either from a food bank or just what people have laying around in their fridge and wouldn't otherwise eat. Um, so it's really making use of food that would otherwise be wasted. And then it's about sharing dishes and food traditions and family recipes and yeah, having this cultural exchange and like family exchange. And then preparing the food together, either cooking or baking, and then meeting and sharing a meal around a table. And um it's like a great possibility for people to meet new people. Um, but it's also like a nice way to kind of like just have a moment to kind of exchange around food. And it's nice because everyone can contribute. It could be like just sharing your recipe, but it could also be sharing your resources, your access to a community space or your cooking skills. And it can be yeah, hosted in any public space, really. In our case, it was a school. And it's great because a surplus table is about caring for both people and the planet because you meet and exchange and have the social element, but you also care for the environment by saving food from being wasted and creating this awareness that food has a value and it takes a lot of energy and resources and care and love to be produced. As you can see, sustainability was a pillar of the surplus table and the ideas behind Compass and Co. Katarina gives us a little bit more detail. Yes, yeah, so part of the proje- project was also to for the kids to see the food bank system we have in Norway. It's just, they have four big food banks in Norway. So they were interviewing one of the managers there. So, and they also, we got to go there and, and pick out and see all the food that is collected through the system. And it's really overwhelming to see how much food that is actually, let's say, up for grabs in the system. Katarina also agrees that the surplus table event was an important moment for the youth and the parents too. So it was just as like a really, really nice get together with the, all the food that we collected in that certain area and also time limit that we had for the project it's something different to see it than just talk about it so that you could really see a big table with a lot of food that is perfectly good food and what was interesting is that they they brought everything back home with them uh, so there was nothing left and and also i think the biggest find was that this was actually connecting them closer together in that class which didn't really have that many venues together uh, before. So they really needed something like that, like an event that didn't cost necessarily so much. It was a, a really good time for them. And how does all of this connect back to the Food Together project? I think it fit in really nicely with the Food Together project because it's about gathering people in a public space around food. And I think this is what we did of the 10th graders, inviting them and their parents to meet and to chat and to eat food that they had prepared and saved from waste. And a school is sort of a semi-public space, but we felt for the young people, since it's their everyday life, it's a good way to reach out to them. And to also make sure to get a diverse range of people that otherwise probably would not have had the change to meet in this context. 
and also to kind of combine a space for learning in more like informal fun way if a very hands-on approach with like cooking and preparing and chopping and I think food together is about public spaces and ways of combining uh, histories from different cultures around food and I think that's the key of the pilot because at the end of the day food is the central component food is it's everything i mean and especially in different cultures food is maybe more important we were discussing this that in norway we have a very special family system so we we eat together with a close family but we are not so we don't invite necessarily people that we don't know that much whereas in other cultures it's more normal to have more people in the dinner time let's say so to understand the different culture differences as well how we invite people and how we get to connect with people through food is so important and also what we we like to eat in the different cultures as well i mean we are a lot of uh, we need a we in norway we eat a lot of matpakke which is bread bread a lot of bread and porridge <laughs> so so the different flavors and all that we can we can make like a it could be so much more exciting, let's say. But yes, food. I think food is, I found one of the biggest enablers to get to, to know people that you normally don't talk to. Because even if you don't understand the language, you, you see if you like the food or not. Or, or there's also a lot of tasks to handle the food and make a meal that is easy for people to, 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 to join, to do. Uh, without so much competence uh, needed in advance, so and also on the, on the it could be old people, young people together. So it's a, it's a very it's something that we all do. We eat, and um, I have to add also the food stories that we bring all of us from from our past and uh, all the different memories we have around good food, f- good food memories that is easily to share because it's safe to share something that happened when you ate something really good or with someone or in this special venue or place or with your grandpa parent. A big thanks to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with your family, friends and colleagues. And please give us a rating, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. It helps others to find the show. See you next time.